Hey everyone, so this is uh, a new thing. Uh, we're doing a video podcast now. Uh, well, gonna give it a try. It's a new option available. So I uh, thought it'd be pretty cool to do uh, the first one. So uh, yesterday I put up a post, uh, you know, making the unpredictable predictable. And, uh, you know, and how this relates to, for trying to solve behavior problems, um, for do things to not encourage, um, you know, the problematic behaviors that we might be seeing with our dogs. And oftentimes it's like, so, okay, so what do I mean by making the predictable, making the unpredictable predictable, right? So like a lot of the times what we hear about is, the dogs are moving around. They're, they're just doing stuff throughout the day, right? And uh, and then something happens. You know, it could be that um, someone came in the, the house and the dog went at the person, you know? Uh, it could be that you have a couple dogs in the house and, um, you know, who knows? Maybe they were laying down on the ground and then all of a sudden they got into a fight, you know? Um, those are the moments that are unpredictable, right? Because what's happening is like your dog likely in, in these instances, when this stuff happens, what the dog is likely doing is they are able to move freely through the house. And inherently that's not problematic inherently, right? I mean, it's, the dog is just moving through the house. However, if your dog is exhibiting those especially those kinds of behaviors, you know, it could be them eating something in another room when you're not present, you know, but like if your dog is exhibiting those kinds of behaviors, what they're really saying is like, I don't know what to do with all this freedom yet. Okay. And so this is where we need to make the unpredictable predictable by giving our dog more direction in order for us to see what they're doing. Right. And then it's like we take that structure, right? But then we also have to be doing the opposite side of the coin, which is teaching them the things that we want them to be doing, right? So let's take the example of um, the sock, you know, the dog eating a sock or something in another bedroom, right? Like, let's first teach that dog how to go to place. Okay, forget about the sock, all that stuff. Just for, let's teach the dog how to go to place. If I can't have eyes on them, I'm gonna put them in their crate, okay? And the reason for that is because if I don't have eyes on them, then they can move around the house and they might be eating a sock again. And then, you know, that's a vet bill, that's surgery, you know, which they could die from, right? I mean, it's like the sock is, can be a big problem. Um, but we, we manage their motions a little bit more, okay? And then, okay, so if I can have eyes on you, I'm gonna put you on place while I'm doing the dishes or I'm doing some stuff on the computer or whatever, right? <clears throat> and then, oh, okay, now I have some time to work with you. So what does that mean? So now well, we're gonna take you off of place and now I'm gonna maybe set training sessions up so I can teach you how to ignore things like the sock, okay? And now we're being proactive about this situation rather than being reactive by, oh, the dog ate the sock, now we gotta take him to the vet, you know, hope they pass it. You know, these are all very reactionary things. Same thing with like the front door, you know, it's like, let's teach the dog how to go to place or I'm gonna put them in their crate. And then when the guests come in, I can start to, you know, I can bring them out on a leash and then I can start to, you know, 
work with them and teach them how to properly greet people or things like that, right? And then especially too, if you got dogs fighting in the house. Excuse me. <clears throat> you got dogs fighting in the house, you know, creating some management around motion is gonna take away any variables that could be contributing to why they're acting this way, you know? I mean, dogs can, one can be by the garbage can and then one just walks by and then they go after them. You know, we've hear of, oh, I was cooking and you know, one dog was in the kitchen with me and then one came in and um, they got into a fight, you know? And so it's like, this is where we need to have that extra structure on board, you know, where it'd be like, okay, if this is the stuff that's triggering a fight, then if I'm gonna have one dog in the, in the kitchen with me, then I need the other one to go be laying on their bed because they're showing me right now that this is just too much for them and they're making very poor choices in that moment. And, um, you know, then there's a whole other part, you know, we could get, bit in the process of trying to break up a fight, whatever. Um, it's just not a good situation, right? So we need to make our dogs more predictable. So then we can predict when they're gonna do something, right? Or we just know that they're not gonna do something because now I have just a better understanding of where they're at in the house, you know, at this time, right? Putting them on place, great. I don't know, I, know, I now know where you're always gonna be when I've said that, you know? And then, like I said, then we can work on other things uh, when I have the time to, what have you. Um, but it's very important that we create that clarity, right? Because like, you know, so if we can create a more predictable dog, we're also in essence blocking any further uh, reinforcement of this behavior, right? Because if your dog eats that sock, they're getting a good feeling of eating that sock. If they bite that person and they go away, you know, whatever, uh, they get a good feeling from that. You know, they get into a fight and it feels good and, you know, separated and all, create space that feels good, right? So when we can successfully create a little bit more clarity, make things more predictable, we're helping to block behaviors from occurring, but then we're also should be actively teaching them you know, how we want them to coexist, how we want them to be, how, what do we want them to do, right? We, we can't just send them to place all the time. <clears throat> They're going to be moving around at times throughout the day, um, but even those need to be a little bit more structured, likely if, like I said, if your dog is exhibiting these kinds of behaviors. If they're not, okay, fine, you know, then this isn't for you. Um, but if we are experiencing those kinds of things, we need to create that predictability because otherwise we're always going to we're always just going to be walking on eggshells like oh i hope oh, today was a good day oh crap today was not a good day you know um i i only know from my own experience you know this was my own dog Oso, and um with uh, our dog lucy same thing, you know, I had to create that predictability because, well, before she came in, you know, Oso was going after the cat. He was going after people coming into the house. Um, he was doing all of those things, but I had no control, you know, and then it would be like he could just be roaming around the house and like, it, was this going to be a moment where he was going to get grumpy, you know? Um, and so 
we and I didn't know, right? And so I, I didn't feel good about just hoping for the best and just like, oh, this is very bad. I, I don't know if this is gonna go well, you know? And what I've learned is like, that's not a good place to be in. And uh, we wanna be more proactive about that stuff. So um, creating a more predictable dog it's gonna be huge. And uh, basically you create a predictable dog by training them, you know, you teach them skills, teach them place. You know, yeah, sit down, all of that's good. Here, place, here, and down are probably the top three that I would focus on. Um, because when you go to place, I need you to go lay down and I need you to come when I call you. You know, and those things are going to really help manage movement, manage space, and really set you up with some good tools, um, good skills to help work on the things that you want to be working on. So um, yeah, those would be the things that I would be uh, checking out, you know, uh, making the predictable, making the unpredictable predictable. So um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this first video podcast. I think I'm enjoying them. Uh, this is the first one, but I kind of like it, you know, I like, oh, you can see my hand movements and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. And as always, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got a bunch of free training videos there. Um, start off with the basics. It's all laid out for you nicely. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're always posting up there, you know, tips. You can watch what the dogs are doing who are in here for training. Uh, we are on Facebook, but that's kind of an afterthought these days. Um, everything goes from Instagram to Facebook anyways. Um, and also, shameless plug, we do have an online training program, uh, Unleash Basics. So these are the fundamentals. Uh, these are the key to success. If you don't have the fundamentals down, you're not going to get any other things down, right? It's like mastering the basics. Um, so we've got that. It's a $14.99 a month membership. And uh, we've got a bunch of videos on there. We're constantly adding new videos. Uh, really anything that has to do with just on-leash things. Um, you know, and if I see a, a contact form come in and it's got some information on there, uh, something, someone's struggling with something, we'll likely make a video about it because... Um, a lot of other people are likely struggling with that as well. So um, yeah, we're, we're always adding new stuff to that, $14.99 a month, um, and you can access that right on the webpage. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening, and uh, happy training.